This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, we have heard many companies and CEOs talk about the level of green investing in the financial sector. Some estimates say that the amounts are around $35 trillion, but that number may be overstated somewhat, according to a new paper by uh, from here at the Wharton School. Luke Taylor is a finance professor here at Wharton and co-author of the paper of which I speak, along with Wharton's Robert Stambaugh and the University of Chicago's, uh, Chicago's Lubos Pastor. And Luke joins us right now. Luke, great to talk to you. How are you? Great. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. All right. So lay this out for us exactly why there may be a little bit of a concern as to how much is being invested. Yeah, absolutely. So the question we're approaching our research is how much ESG investing is there? And, you know, it's interesting. There's so much focus on ESG lately, you know, focus by investors, focused by politicians and and a lot of interest from from academics like myself. Despite all this interest in ESG, we really don't have a good answer to this fundamental question, how much ESG investing is there? So let me start by laying out how people currently answer that question, and then I'll say how we answer it. So the current approach involves summing up all the assets of institutions that endorse ESG. So, you know, a prime example of this would be, let's look at institutions that that signed the UNPRI. That's the United Nations Principles of Responsible Investing. When you do that, you get huge numbers. For example, you find that, you know, more than 70% of assets in the investment industry is, quote, unquote, ESG. And and there's a problem with that approach. The problem with that approach is, you know, if, you know, an institution might sign the UNPRI, but only change a little bit of its portfolio in what's, you know, it's called a green direction. It it also has an opposite problem, which is there there may be some institution out there that that does not endorse ESG, but, you know, it might tilt toward green stocks, for example, if it thinks green stocks are, are, are underpriced. So we take a different approach. Our approach involves measuring what we call uh, ESG-related tilts. So this approach involves comparing. Uh, so we, we take an institution. An example of an institution would be, let's say, BlackRock. We look at BlackRock's stock holdings. We look at the portfolio weights it puts on all of its stocks. And we, we compare those actual portfolio weights to what BlackRock's portfolio weights would have been absent ESG considerations. And we call that difference in portfolio weights an ESG tilt. And we measure that ESG tilt not just for BlackRock, but for roughly 3,000 investing institutions. And we add up all their tilts, you know, with AUM weightings. And that's our measure of how much ESG investing is there. And and the bottom line of the paper is, you know, how much ESG investing is there? Our answer is 6%. So specifically, we're saying 6% of the assets in the investment industry, are are ESG tilted. Right. Uh, yeah. No, go ahead. Fin- so, finish up, Luke. Yeah, yeah. So another, so, you know, is 6% a lot or a little? Um, well, one thing you can compare that number to is institutions' total portfolio tilt. So how much they tilt away from just holding, you know, an, a market index. 
so a, a total tilt would include tilting away from the market, not just for ESG reasons, but for any uh, reasons. So we, so we measure institutions' total portfolio tilts. What we find is that the ESG-related tilts are about 25% as big as total portfolio tilts, or roughly speaking, about one quarter of tilts are ESG-related these days, which is, you know, that's a, that's a non-trivial amount of, of tilting for ESG reasons. Um, we also find that there's not much of a time trend in, in this ESG investing measure, uh, and, and that's because there are two offsetting effects. Um, the first effect is that institutions are tilting their portfolio less over time for any reason. Um, mm -hmm. For example, we know that passive investing has increased in popularity. That means that institutions tilt away from the market less and less over time. The other effect, which opposes it, is that institution, institutions' ESG tilts are increasing as a fraction of all their tilts. It turns out those two trends completely cancel each other out so that the amount of ESG investing has actually not trended much over the last decade. Last kind of interesting things we study are, are which institutions are green, which institutions are brown. You know, if you think about it, if there's an institution who's tilting its portfolio in a green direction, there must be another institution who's taking the offsetting brown tilt. So sure. who holds green portfolios? It's especially the largest institutions, the, you know, the Black Rocks of the world. Their green tilts are, are so big that they have driven the entire investment industry to be net green and increasingly green over time. We also find that uh, institutions that sign the UNPRI are do indeed hold greener portfolios. But kind of surprisingly, banks, you know, banks hold a lot of stocks and banks hold portfolios that are actually quite brown. So those are kind of some of the main findings we have. How much do you also need to look at each of the characteristics of ESG when you're breaking this down, the E, the S, and the G? That's important, right? We don't want to treat ESG as a monolith, right? ESG covers many things, environment, social, governance issues. So we allow those different dimensions of ESG to, to enter separately when we measure these tilts. For example, you might have one institution that cares a lot about the environment, but nothing else. You might have a different institution that cares about social issues, but nothing else. So we allow them to enter, you know, separately and flexibly. And, and to our surprise, you know, we, we actually separately measure environmental tilts, social tilts, governance tilts. I was expecting the environmental tilts to be the largest, uh, right. or maybe, you know, I was expecting the governance tilts to be the largest because, look, we've known about governance for many years. But what we find is that the E tilt, S tilt, and G tilts are almost identical to each other in magnitude. Hmm. Why do you think that is then? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, you know, I don't have a good answer to that right now, but I'll speculate that, you know, maybe investors um, purchase ESG ratings on stocks. And rather than digging down into the details of, you know, how is this company's E rating, how is its S rating, right. maybe they only pay attention to that headline ESG score. You know, if they were to do that, that would show up as, you know, roughly rating E, S, and G equally. Maybe that's what's happening, but I think there's a lot of interesting research to do on that. What do you think this means for a lot of these firms that are involved in, in this uh, 
investment class uh, at this point, especially when you have so much focus on, you know, what companies are doing in this area and the call out by by shareholders and the public in general. Yeah, when you say companies, do you mean investing firms or the actual operating companies? The the investing firms. Yeah, so so I think one thing that's one issue raised by our study is, you know, investors out there, like everyday investors like me, we could probably use some extra data when it comes to choosing, let's say, let's call them ESG funds, right? A fund could label itself ESG without actually tilting its portfolio much for ESG reasons, right? This is a practice yeah. sometimes called greenwashing, right? Yeah. And if I'm shopping for ESG funds, what I would really like to have is a, is a scorecard, like a, an actual measure of how much that that fund is tilted for ESG reasons. And, and the approach that we, we, we develop could be used to develop that kind of a scorecard. And you could... You know, the scorecard could say, here's how much of an environmental tilt it has. Here's how much of a social tilt it has and so on. So I do think it, it, it suggests that it would be helpful to, for, fund, for funds to provide more of this information to their, to their clients. How, how much more important does this, this concept of tilt become as we move forward with some of the dynamics that, that you lay out in what, uh, what these firms are thinking about with their investing? Yeah, it's, it's tough to predict the future. I'm very curious to see what the future of, of ESG holds. Um, you know, one implication that comes from this, I mean, the really big question, the question that we wish we could answer is, can ESG investing help solve the big problems our society faces? You know, problems like climate change. Um, to answer that big, big question, I think a, a necessary first step is knowing how much ESG investing is happening. If there's just not much ESG investing happening, I'd say there's not much hope for ESG to, to solve these huge problems we face. So I think a, a big question out there is, all right, so today we find that ESG investing is about 6% of the investment industry. Yeah. Is that enough to really move the needle on big problems like climate change? And if that 6% number were to go up to 10%, would it move the needle? Or if, it, you know, if ESG turns out to be a fad that dies away, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but if that happens, you know, it, does that mean we need to find other ways to solve big problems like climate change? Let me let you finish up and, and think about uh, what your biggest takeaways are from doing this research and uh, what you think this means for the future. Yeah, happy to. So, ESG, there's so much focus on it, you know, especially among politicians, right? There are some people who say, you know, there's not enough ESG investing. We need more ESG investing to solve problems like climate change. On the other side of the, the political spectrum, you have politicians who say there's too much ESG investing. You know, maybe we should even outlaw ESG investing. What we think is that before you say there's too much or too little ESG investing, it really helps to know how much ESG investing there actually is. And we find, you know, the punchline of our paper is that there's a lot less ESG investing than is popularly reported out there. Like we find it's 6% uh, of the industry. But if you were to find, you know, take the traditional approach, you would get numbers 10 times that big 
So I, I do hope that our findings shed light on some of these debates happening right now over ESG. Great to talk to you again. Thanks, Luke. All the best. Thanks, you too. You got it. Luke Taylor, a finance professor here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.